welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. And today we're going to talk about this week in Kansas City Chiefs news. So it's going to be probably a little shorter podcast, but it'll be a lot of fun. A lot of stuff has happened this week. Uh, Brett Veach is making some moves, and he's not done making moves, Reese. So that's great because we're going to have content for you every week leading up to the draft, which is in Kansas City. And it's going to be a fantastic time. But before we talk about all that, Reese, how's it going? man how's your week been it's been a little while dude it has been a little while i went back and re-listened to our podcast with sam last week which if you haven't checked it out go back and listen to sam kuyper jr's big board version 1.0 it was kind of fun to listen to his takes and go back and look at some of those guys and their draft profiles a little more in depth and see where we think the chiefs might might wind up just because dude right now i have no idea i probably have less idea than last year you know what they're going to do with that first pick in the in the draft and beyond so really i actually i am the opposite i think that i'm like almost positive they're going to go offensive tackle if someone's there i mean they 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 can go pass rush and they can go wide receiver I, i just feel like they can like really solidify the line there's just so much depth at offensive tackle and they can go either like left or right because of Juwan Taylor that I feel like some guy has to drop like a like if Paris Johnson, Dewan James or sorry, Dewan Jones and Darnell Wright, if one of them's there, like I, it's a no, even if even if like one of those bottom or sorry, even with one of those top five wide receivers are there, I think they go. Oh boy, oh boy, tackle. oh boy. That's so hard to guess just because, you know, in that case, OK, do you move a right tackle to left tackle and draft a right tackle or do you leave a right tackle at right tackle and draft a left tackle and throw him to the wolves as a rookie you know it's hard to think about if if like if like peter skaronsky if somehow he drops to the middle of the first round like that's the only time that i can see the chiefs moving up well except for when they got trent mcduffie obviously Uh, but like if someone like that who's like a proven left tackle i mean obviously in college but like a legit left tackle i feel like I feel like they can go Skaronsky or someone or like a Paris Johnson at left tackle and then move to one to right. Skaronkowski's just so small though. He's 6'4, 313. He's only got 32 and one quarter inch arms, dude. He's is he can even play tackle? He's legit, dude. Dude, he's a, he's a dog, dude. That guy's he's a dog. He's he's going he's going like really? eighth right now. <laughs> oh man, he may he may even go he may even go earlier. Honestly, with all the trades that might happen, but anyway, no, I I, I find it fascinating that you you're unsure, but I feel like man, if one of them, I just have a feeling if if one of those tackles drops, then we solidify the line, and like you know, then we can sacrifice getting a stud mm-hmm. wide receiver where you can't really do the opposite, right? We can't get a stud wide receiver, but then have the right side completely. Not that it would be yeah. completely open, but it, at this point, who is it, right? Is it Niang? Is Prince it Allegretti? Is it, I can't say his know, name. Winogo. Tego, yeah. <laughs> Winogo, you know? So I, I don't know if, if you know, you, you can't, you, you can't cook with, with fine meats if you don't have good butter is that a strictly you expression did you get that from somewhere i just i literally just made that up right now man we should get a butcher on the podcast sometime and be like so are you (laughs) saying that these meats are so fine that you need good butter to cook with them like yeah you can't cook fine meats without good butter put that on a t-shirt yeah, I mean that was that that was a pretty bad analogy because I guess you can just just cook without any oil or anything because there's so no, much fat that's rendered. It's a great analogy though. It's like you don't want to use crap. I'm the same way. So the butter we get, you ever had Kerrygold? 
Yeah, dude, I when I was in Louisville, I only got Kerrygold and I tried to get Logan onto it because I told her we have to invest in good butter to make good food. Dude, 100%. Like, invest in good butter. So that butter is like very solid A tier. The only stuff you're getting better than that is if you go to like the state of Wisconsin. Dude, the Amish butter. They, they have the rolled butter sometimes at the fancy stores. Exactly. That, that's S tier butter. Kerrygold's very, very quality <laughs> A tier. But like the stuff we get, you know, the high V brand or the great value, you know what I call like crap tier butter. That's strictly <laughs> for baking purposes. Like I'm not wasting Kerrygold in a recipe where I'm not tasting the butter. It's like I'm throwing the tasteless butter in the recipes. I can't taste the butter. So flapjacks, cookies uh i don't know stoke pierogies you know those kind of things <laughs> it's funny that we're talking about food reese because this is going to transition perfectly into our into our photo roast um and let's do the photo roast but before we do the social media blur because it's just like it's just from one funny food thing to the next and the reason why i say food um so for those of you that don't know, the the uh, the NFL coaches meeting was this week in Scott. No, in Phoenix, actually. My parents live like five minutes away from where they met. Uh, they met at the Biltmore Sick. Hotel, which is where I think I've told the story before. But that's where they wrote um, they that's where Irvin Berlin wrote um, White Christmas. Really? He was, he was at the pool at the Biltmore Hotel in Phoenix when he wrote. Yeah, I'm dreaming of White Christmas. So that's like he was missing the snow because he's out like seeing the shactus and all that stuff. Yep. And then he just like he I mean, he couldn't use Phoenix in it. So he used Beverly Hills, L.A. But he did. Oh. He did it in, in Phoenix. That's the that's the urban Berlin lore. So anyway, at that same at that same hotel, uh, that is where the NFL uh, coaches meeting was. And they, they took their annual picture. So Reese and I have that up right now. We're just going to Reese. Let's go back and forth and just roast, you know, every coach. So well, not every coach, but let, let, let's go through the top five roasting highlights of this. And if you want to follow along, just go just type in on Google NFL uh, NFL coaches annual photo. So I'm going to start first. The reason why I transitioned into this when we're talking about food that's right i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up our boy big red so like every, everybody's wearing i almost everyone is wearing just solid button-down shirts even when it's like casual andy reads the only one wearing a hawaiian shirt oh yeah <laughs> and, Dude, he, and he has these like short khakis on and the shoes that he's wearing everybody has laces well actually jim harbaugh has something else Everyone has laces except for uh, for Reed. If you if you zoom in, Andy's wearing these like these <laughs> like what's that one? What's Tom's? that one f- uh, shoe company where? Yeah, like Toms, Dude, but they're so, like they're like nude Toms. <laughs> so I cannot confirm slash I doubt Andy Reed shops at Walmart, but those look literally verbatim to a pair of just like canvas George's slip-ons. Dude. Oh, <laughs> Those look like some George's knockoff Toms that he's wearing. Oh my goodness! Yeah, these are these are a hot mess. Emphasis on hot. And also, if you if if you zoom in on his on his watch, that's totally like a ten dollar Casio watch that he's wearing. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Like the one recommendation I had on uh, when I was back, I was working at Boulevard. Is like we need to have an Andy Reid mannequin in the gift shop. You know, with like a steal his look thing. Oh. And, and just throw like the Boulevard Hawaiian shirt on there, you know, like a pair of like khaki pants and a Boulevard, you know, Chiefs uh, unaffiliated baseball cap and some glasses. <laughs> 
would have been, would have been lit dude it, and it's so funny because he's like he's dead center and he knows he's he's a boss like this is a total flex move where, oh, like yeah. all the young kids are like you know dressed to the nines but Andy Reid is like not even looking at the camera he's like I got two rings I'm the hottest coach in the NFL I'm wearing my Hawaiian shirt also, <laughs> Reese looking, who do you got looking next to him it's like I think it's Ron Rivera to his left yeah. his media yeah, left yeah. dude Reed's got big old hands on him I'm, oh I'm I know guessing, uh, that's another thing that I noticed look at look at everyone else's even like Sean Payton his <laughs> Sean Payton looks like he has big hands but like like Andy dude imagine Andy on that O line back in the day dude yeah that would be can we, yeah can we get Andy Reed in the O line he'd be pretty good but he's got good right? footwork no, monster I think, I think, hands well anyway I, I'm spending enough time on uh, Andy Reed so there's a uh, as we should Brian Dabble you can see him I think he's top left in the back somewhere around there it's so uh, funny oh yeah yeah he's the, yeah, the one wearing shades so at first he looks like a spitting image of this pro wrestler named Carl Anderson uh <laughs> Hank Day, can I share my screen on Google chats I don't think I can it's not it's not worth looking it up anyway uh I'll show you Carl Anderson later but it's like he looks like a slightly overweight cosplay Carl Anderson <laughs> And he's also the only, well, there's two people wearing uh, shades, but he's one of the only ones wearing shades. He's pulling them off really well, though. It's a really good look at him, I got to say. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks like a bodyguard at like a club. Do you want to mess with this guy? So I, I saw someone on Twitter point this out, but like Mike McCarthy, I think, is down front right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got a good fit on, but dude, he looks old, tired, and just like over it. Dude, he, he looks like he's about to fart or he's been farting the entire time. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Who else we got on here? Um, uh, here, I got I got another one. I got I got Tweedledee and Tweedledum on the left side, dude. Wait, who's that? We got um Hold on, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, we got we got Matt we we, we got Matt LaFleur. Well. And then we got Sean 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 McVay both together, both wearing skinny like skinny like dress pants. And then oh, they have gosh. their like they and they both have their 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 club t-shirts on. They're both wearing these like express super tight like button downs that you would like both of their fits. They're going straight to the club after this. Oh, dude. Looking well, like Joe f- and, and like juxtapose to right in back of them, like Mike Tomlin looks like he's going to kill everyone in that room. Dude, Mike Tomlin always looks like Mike Tomlin. Like if you Googled Mike Tomlin, I <laughs> guarantee he looks, he looks sharp in that suit, man. But he looks like, man, he's going to he's going to destroy people. No, he always looks sharp put together. But yeah, he looks like he's like from a John Wick film or something like that, you know? <laughs> Like he's got the assignment. He's going to give it to him like or he's the guy that like John Wick has to get through. <laughs> yeah dude i think it's the shades it's the shades that's pretty uh, nice who else uh arthur smith of the atlanta falcons looks like a weird cross between like chevy chase and will ferrell <laughs> do you see him wait he's uh he's in the blazer in the in the top right uh hang tight uh sorry this photo I, oh I no 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 him. no i see i see him yeah he's 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 right by tomlin right uh Yes, there he is. Yep, right by Tomlin. Yeah. I knew he's in front of, or he's behind Sean McVay. Is all I knew. Yeah, but dude, yeah, look, he looks like Will, like Will Ferrell and Chevy Chase had a baby. It's weird. <laughs> oh. Juxtaposed, if you if you go right behind Andy Reid, 
you have what's his uh you have dan dan campbell like just woke up for this photo like he was totally partying the night before him Dude. kevin mcconnell right next to him and then robert Soloff. they all look like frat bros that like just went out to party and then like oh shoot we got our group photo Dan Campbell looks like he graduated college in 2002, and he dresses the same way ever since he graduated college in 2002. <laughs> Still living out his glory days, and like that's totally spot on too. Dude, he's huge. And who's the guy next to him? Because uh, he's pretty huge too. Because like Dan Campbell's not a small dude. Oh, that's that's uh, that's uh, Vikings coach. What really? Kevin O'Connell, yeah. Dude, was that like his entire resume? Is like, yo, so what do you bring to the Vikings? He's like, the fact that I'm built like a Viking. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, Dan, Dan Campbell is like, you know, held his own as a tight end back in the day. And I think I mean, Kevin O'Connell was a, oh, well, Sam, Sam will, Sam will let us know what he was because I don't remember. It's like they're both making Robert Sala look small. And like Robert Sala is not yeah. a small dude. No, not at all. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. One, one, one more thing that I have. Pete Carroll always looks very young on like when when he's on the sideline because like oh, yeah. Pete Carroll's like seventy, and yeah. but, but but he he never looks seventy. But in this photo, dude, he looks like a grandpa, total grandpa in this photo with everyone oh, yeah. else around him. Well, he's usually like dressed like a you know a retired seventy year old Californian who looks a little bit younger and has had work done and part of it's because of his drip you know he's usually dressed pretty well but i mean in this it's like he's, he's got wearing, that he's wearing a grandpa shirt man he's got he's got the grandpa shirt he's got the grandpa pants that are like up to mid shin basically it's they're both like stone colored with a weird gingham window pane design and he's like squinting through these reading glasses yeah not a good look for uh not a good look for sneaky pete I also love how Bill, Bill Belichick and Andy Reid are the only ones wearing shorts. It's just it's it's a total flex, dude. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Although I tell you what, uh, 610 Sports Radio was talking about this this morning about maybe it's time we need to start reevaluating Bill Belichick as a head coach because he's been just terrible since Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I mean, that that's a can of worms. We, We can do a summer podcast, you know. Tom Brady did did Bill Belichick make Tom Brady did Tom Brady make Bill Belichick because I mean Bill hasn't been successful with anyone other than Tom I don't believe he's won a playoff game without Tom Brady I mean and even even when he was well when he was on Parcells staff but other than that just like no success at all minus Tom and now he's like completely dismissing uh Lamar Jackson did you hear that clip yeah, yeah, where Kraft was like, it's not my decision, it's uh, it's Bill's decision whether you sign Lamar. Like, Come on, man. Well, there was that other one, too, where like one of the reporters asked, you know, if he's going to look into Lamar Jackson. He goes, well, he's like, well, we won't talk about players on other teams. And dude's like, he's a free agent. <laughs> Dude, again, another can of worms as well. I, I don't know what his relationship is with Mac Jones. It's really, I, I kind of alluded to this in the last podcast or a couple podcasts ago, but like Mac Jones was really vocal on the sideline, like having like shouting matches with the staff. So I don't really know what is like, what, you know, if Bill likes him, if Bill wants to move on from him. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, 
I know what I think of Mac Jones, but <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about moving on, Reese, let's let's move on from this group photo and let's move on to some social media blurbs. How can people find more about uh, Found City Sports Media and find out more about our content, especially our beer reviews? Dude, you can always find us on Fountain City Sports Media at Fountain City SM. That's on Instagram. We actually have a Twitter too, but we never use it. Same goes for the Facebook. So Instagram, Fountain City SM. Get previews of each week's episode as well as crispy memes and maybe even get some custom shout outs from some breweries. We're not going to say who. You got to go check it out. Uh, If you really like the show, though, you got to go check out patreon.com backslash FCSM. For updates on bonus content, beer reviews, and exclusive interviews, including our 10-part in-depth deep dive, Speedy and Angry. That is our Fast and Furious review series. I actually just cut Fast 9 with Alex the Rad Russian Nikolenko this weekend. So if you're a subscriber, keep your eyes out for that. Actually, not that bad of a film. To be honest, it, it was I think it's the lowest reviewed in the franchise, but I think whoever reviewed is just wrong because it's not it's not the best. Oh. This isn't Fast Five or like Tokyo Drifter talking about. We're like, this is probably one of the best films since Fast Five. So check it out. Sweet. Thank you. Thank you, Reese, for uh, for shouting us out on social media. Make sure you follow us on all those platforms. All right, Reese, let's talk about this week in Kansas City Chiefs news. We have a lot of great things that happened actually since we last met. So let's break down kind of the biggest stories, the, the biggest one I think, and it's debatable, but no, this is a really good signing. Drew Tranquil we get from the Los Angeles Chargers. He agreed to a one-year $3 million deal that with incentives can go to $5 million. Uh, Drew Tranquil, a really awesome player. I think he first caught my eye this last year because I think he had the most tackles against us uh, when, when we had played. I think in both weeks that we played the Chargers, like he lit us up i think he even had an interception um but uh you know he he stood out immediately of course they have other guys on that line so like drew tranquil's name can go behind the wayside sometimes especially in in national sports but uh, but those that listen or that watch kansas city sports kansas city sports kansas city chiefs football every week saw drew tranquil light us up so uh when i saw that we got him i was super excited man a lot of great things what what is your reaction and what can drew tranquil bring to this team so this is what's interesting is that Drew Tranquil, I think, was the Chargers' best linebacker, in my opinion, and he's coming off of a career-high five sacks this year. He's been improving on those every year. He's really a do-it-all linebacker. I mean, we can get more into this later, but I don't know why they let him walk. Do you know, was he a cap casualty of some kind? Was he underproducing, in their opinion? Well, I also, if... So the 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 Chiefs give an offer. The Chargers are allowed to match. Is that correct in his deal? Uh, I, I don't know what kind of franchise tag they put him under. It could be one of those. Because because it also made it seem on Twitter at least that that Drew chose Kansas City over anybody else. Uh, like, I bet he did. He, he like like Drew Tranquil. <laughs> like Drew Tranquil is is definitely the new bad guy in in in. 
uh, LA Chargers lore. For example, the uh, Drew put out a farewell letter that that Chargers Twitter ended up putting on their Twitter account, and you go through those comments, dude, and it is it's a bloodbath. They're oh, like, yeah. you're, not only are you leaving, but you're leaving to the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you kidding me? And dude, we got him on such a sweet deal, and you're and just like you said, like he was arguably the best linebacker, but because they had so many studs, right? So many people that have the sticker shock that mm-hmm. his name like really went through the wayside. And and I don't understand why the Chargers will let him walk because you know one of the downfalls of the Chargers last year was all the injuries on that defensive side. So you're getting rid of a guy who played really well when these guys were injured, and you're getting rid of a healthy guy, right? Which is what you need to come back into the playoffs. So it's yeah. just like it's just a double whammy. It's a huge win for the Chiefs and also somehow we also make a negative for the Chargers. And what's so funny is that Drew uh, Drew Tranquil almost doubled his career high of sacks last year with over 140, and that puts him like in the neighborhood of Nick Bolton, who I think was second in the league in tackles, was he not? Yep. Yeah, he was he was up there in tackles. And it's amazing because we're probably going to have, you know, both of them together uh, at the same time, which is going to be incredible because, you know, Bolton, one of the one of the negatives with Bolton and with Gay is that they weren't good in coverage. And one of the great things about Drew is Drew's great in coverage. So mm-hmm. he is going to play that. You know, we, we, we had Bolton as a three down back, but I think this is going to alleviate a lot of pressure um, for for Bolton in the that zone to allow tranquil to kind of take that third down back guy can play in coverage but he also like you said he had he had five sacks he can he can blitz the pass rusher and it's perfect for a spags defense where you're disguising right so when you got drew in there is he gonna is he gonna drop back in coverage or is he gonna you know blitz you so another like great sneaky weapon for spags but at the same time kind of allows bolden to solidify you know that be that run stop or that big tackle and doesn't have to drop back into coverage and because we did have some hilarious moments back there and even with even with Willie Gay Reese so does this become a competition between Gay and Tranquil now well I mean Drew Tranquil's sort of a cross between all of our linebackers we currently have on the roster put together he's sort of a jack of all trades but best in coverage and yeah I would say the linebacker that his skill set most reflects on our team right now is Willie Gay Jr. And while Willie Gay has found some success here, I don't think he's ever quite reached the ceiling that they maybe hoped he would when he was drafted. Not that he's underperforming. I just think we're kind of getting, you know, the median average Willie Gay that we thought we would get as opposed to like the high end ceiling Willie Gay we thought we could get. Yeah, no, I know. I definitely agree with you because there's there's nothing wrong with Gay's athleticism, but it's when he you know drop backs when he drops back into coverage, it's even worse than Bolton's. I mean, like we we had mm-hmm. some uh oh moments with Gay throughout the season, and obviously you know his uh, his his legal issues as well were were a, were a big downfall for that team, um, and you know it it showed that Bolton can get in there and be that guy, but he's going to need that help, and it's going to be great. Um, I was reading also that you know he could play the you know 
the uh, the uh, Ben Neiman role, even uh, which which might be good. Oh right? yeah, it might because now we have a, a better you know with Drenkel we can say with with affirmity. I don't even know if that's a word, but we can say with affirmation that Drenkel's better than Neiman and that fits you know Specs defense. Oh my gosh, if he winds up doing the exact same thing Ben Neiman did, but we have a guy who's actually athletic and not afraid to truck people, it's like wow, Spags, you suddenly look like a genius. You still look like a genius for <laughs> Neiman in there. She's the Dude, watch no. watch Spags get like a 10-year extension. Oh, my gosh. Well, to your point in coverage, you know, this was one thing they warned during his drafts profile was that Willie Gay, you know, has good instincts, but in terms of like following the play and, you know, reading receivers, he's usually not necessarily in the right place, but has the athleticism to make up for it afterwards. So I think Spags is saying, well, let's just cut out the middleman of having that athleticism to make up for it and just have a guy who has the athleticism, but will also be there in the right place in coverage. I think he could very well be our Bengal stopper. Ooh, I was I was just about to stop you and say like you know it's good that Gay is athletic, but when you're playing Joe Burrow, when you're playing you know Justin Herbert, when you're playing well Tom Brady no longer, but someone similar to Tom Brady, like it doesn't matter how athletic you are, they are going to expose where you're not reading the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is yeah, this is a great like plug in that in that you know linebacking core, which we've always said is is a. Is, it's not a strength, but it's not a weakness. It's always just been kind of, you know, uh, kind Fine. of in the middle. And I think this can really solidify uh, and, and be a strength for this Kansas City Chiefs defense because we, mm-hmm. we we definitely need to improve on, on defense because when you saw in the Super Bowl, you know, it was basically like, all right, well, who, who can score the most points? But if we can get guys in the middle that can stop those big plays, that can stop the run, that can stop, you know, going up, you know, breaking the defense up to top like could be could be an exciting time for Kansas City Chiefs D I totally agree with you as we're saying we don't need a top five defense we're not complaining we have to have you know like the 2,000 Ravens on defense or something but I mean the every but, Super Bowl but you can't let Justin Hurts score 35 points in the Super Bowl a- absolutely not and like every Super Bowl we've won the defense has been a glorified placeholder I know it sounds harsh they've been a glorified placeholder and it's like we don't win those games it would be nice to have a defense that Mahomes didn't have to play out of his mind every game to win games because that's honestly how it's been the last two Super Bowls. Yeah, when's when's the last time that we've played a legitimate team that it was like, you know, 25 to 10, right? Yeah. It was like Bengals, we stopped you. No, it's I say it all the time on the podcast. It's like watching a freaking Disney movie every single week. Where it's like, you know... Mahomes looks amazing. Then it looks like we're going to lose. We're the worst team ever. And then in the last second, he does, you know, the most incredible, you know, bowling move, like a 9-1 split, like that one Disney movie. And it works. Alley Cat Strike? Alley Cat. Yeah, it's like Alley Cat Strike, dude, every single week. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can't tell you anything about AP Psych, but I can name you Disney Channel original movies like it's nothing. (laughs) What's wrong with me? Okay, so just nothing's wrong with you. One quick question then about Willie Gay Jr. is this will be his fourth year in the league. He was not a first-round draft pick, so we don't have that fifth-round option or Mm -hmm. fifth-year option on him. What do you think the future stands for Willie Gay? Again, I mean that's that's why I alluded to like is does this become a competition now on that on that side of the field for for Tranquil and for Willie Gay? I I don't know because 
if if both of them play well, I don't know if, if we're going to re-sign either of them, right? Because like they're going to get a better deal somewhere else. Someone's going to you know do the Juan Thornhill deal. Someone's going to do the Traverius Ward deal, and and like you like you've alluded to as well a couple of weeks ago is like. Kansas City has to go the route of just like signing your studs, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Pat, and then just keep reloading. So if we can get Tranquil on a on a cheap deal, I feel like we'd go that direction and then we'd let Gay walk. Yeah, it could be interesting. Uh, I would like to see if we maybe trade Willie Gay Jr. Because we still have Darius Harris as a backup, right? And he was a solid Willie Gay yeah, Jr. fill he was good. in. Yeah, no, so, he played well. Yeah, he'd be a, he'd be a fine backup. So the one other uh, linebacker in the room that this leaves us with to talk about is Leo Chennault. Yeah, so my question to you is, so obviously Chennault's weakness is being in coverage. Yeah. Now, I think we've talked about this in the podcast, but what do you think the odds are that we might start switching Leo to kind of like a standing linebacker on the edge or maybe even switch him to play more defensive edge? Because I've pointed out to you multiple times that outside of having, I think, like two-inch shorter arms, he's almost a one-for-one physical specimen to someone like TJ Watt. He's 6'3", 250. He actually runs a faster 40-yard dash and a very comparable broad jump and vertical jump to TJ Watt. When's when's the last time Spags has done that, though, had an outside linebacker implementing the edge? I just don't know if that's his M.O. It's not. He likes having those big, tall dudes like uh, George Karloftis. uh, Oh, my gosh. Amenahue. So... I don't know. What are your thoughts on Chanel? Where does yeah, this spot I, I, I think, I think like there is still a spot for Leo Chanel on this team. I just don't know if it's going to be a prominent role right away. But I, I think Spags likes him as this rotational guy, um, and we'll see if he makes the jump. He just didn't have a lot of playing time last year for us to really see him. But when we did see him on the field, I mean, he was great, a great tackler. Uh, just just didn't read the offenses very well, and sometimes didn't know where he was. And I remember there, you know, he had a couple confusing looks a couple a couple weeks here and then. So if he if he clears that up and we see him in coverage and he makes some improvements then maybe we keep him there i just i just don't know if spag's gonna put him on on the edge um but but we'll see i I, i'm really rooting for him because i think he can be a really special player on this team i just don't like the the irony is that we're kind of stacked where he wants to be well yeah but the interesting thing is that spags isn't really big on the guys that have bend around the edge and leo chanel's got fantastic bend and mm-hmm. one thing they said, you know, the best thing about him is he's a huge downhill runner who's great getting to the ball carrier and the quarterback. The only downside is because he's so weak in coverage that when he comes into the field in a linebacker position, it's like, he's you know, yeah, he's going to blitz. And we saw <laughs> it in the Super Bowl when he was lined up against Dallas Goddard a few times. You know, it's like he just doesn't have the ability to track dudes like that in coverage. Wait, was 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 Chanel the one that was on uh, was on Goddard for that huge play? I don't know if he's on there for the huge play, but he got burnt in the flats a couple of times. One mm. was he almost broke the play up. Good on him. And, you know, covering Dallas Goddard's, a, you know, uh, a really tall order. He's not a top five tight end like Hayden Hurst, but he's it's, definitely up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not built as as good. Oh, they just signed Irv Smith, by the way, the Bengals. Oh, wow. Well, so what I'm <laughs> but saying, it, but, but it's not going to replace a Hayden Hurst anyway. My last bit on Leo Chenal is, so if you know he's going to blitz, so instead of essentially taking a linebacker out of position to blitz, it's like, why don't you move him into kind of like a TJ Watt, Micah Parsons role, just put him almost exclusively on the edge or in run-stopping situations and let him do his thing. 
Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. And 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 I think there's opportunity for him next year. And look, like it, in a perfect world, he's a rotational player. But you know how much our defense gets injured. He's, I think he's definitely going to see some playing time. We'll see how he does. Yeah, probably. All right, let's move on to another uh, another guy that we just signed, Reese. Uh, Mike Edwards, safety from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, what, what were your thoughts when we signed him? Because this was days after we had uh we uh lost Juan Thornhill you know Mike Edwards is going to be really fun he's a terrific ball hawk and he's got good skills for knowing where to be on the field he's a lot like Juan Thornhill but he doesn't seem to get burnt as much I think he's a great addition onto this team do you know what was the contract we brought him in on um I didn't see it when I was doing my research so maybe it's not public well, or maybe i just didn't do good research no you're fine I, I can tell you a lot like drew tranquil i saw there were a lot of buccaneers and buccaneers fans who were like man it sucks to see yep. this guy go how do we let him get away so i mean now when you look at it you know they're kind of getting rid of i don't know what, what do you want to call it i don't take a say again three two one so when you look at it on the surface our safety position is almost shoring up to be one of the better positions in our defense now because Justin Reed really turned it on last year. Brian mm-hmm. Cook has a really high ceiling and was starting to show flash the potential for the end of last year. And now we got a veteran ball hog like Mike Edwards. I mean, you can't hit dudes any like more the way you used to when they come across the middle. But I tell you what, people think twice before coming across the middle when they see Mike Edwards there. Yeah, that's a good point. And actually, I'll touch on something really brief because you brought it up. Um, it also, I, I I forget that Justin Reed was playing free safety in Houston and, and we have my strong safety. So he really like, you know, I know it's it's not that big of a difference, but big enough that, you know, in the NFL that you have to adjust. And Justin Reed finally got there. So I think people forget that he was playing a new position for the Chiefs, right, that he mm-hmm. wasn't doing in, in Houston. So the fact that he was improving and played very well in the Super Bowl means that we're just going to see even more improvement and yeah like you said with Mike Edwards Mike Mike Edwards is is great because he's a free safety replacement for for Juan Thornhill but he also is really good against the run he's a great downhill tackler and where the NFL is headed now Reese where you know you got your RPOs you have your screen you have your bubble screens you got all these you know short plays where you need a free safety to be able to make those tackles and that's you know we we saw Juan Thornhill in like, you know, sneaky blitz packages from Spags, but we never saw him as like a downhill tackler, you know, mm-hmm. only when only when it was called in a package. But that wasn't like an attribute that we would name Juan Thornhill in. But Mike Edwards defines that where Mike Edwards, you know, is really good at stopping the run, even when he's, you know, way up the field. So for him to make all that, you know, I think that's going to bring a, a really great X factor to this team. Um something similar to like Nick Bolton's first year. I'm going to hot take this. Oh, we're wow. like, we weren't sure what he was going to be. And then after that first year, you know, we were like, this guy's going to be a freaking pro bowler. And I think Mike Edwards is going to be this sneaky X factor. We're going to see him make a lot of great plays tackled downhill. Um, also make big plays. Reese, did you do you know he is tied for the most pick sixes in, in the NFL since 2019? 
Oh, and really? what is what is one thing that the Chiefs don't do? <laughs> that intercept, the, yeah, intercept the ball ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, the numbers, the number of passes like hit Trent McDuffie in the mitts last year just like kills. Dude, uh. dude, it's it's, fu- it's so funny. We've been saying this since Tyron Matthew was here too. It's just like the number of what I call like fair catch, you know, essentially arm punts that we just like drop is just insane. Yeah, insane. But anyway, to your point about the downhill running. One thing that Mike Edwards and Drew Tranquil are going to bring to this defense is the concept of like downhill running and swarming to the ball carrier. Oh yeah, which big oh big man. boy tacklers. I don't know if this is just like an inherent bias when you're watching your own team that it feels like you're moving in slow motion. But like when I watch a good defense, when I watch the 49ers, when I watch teams like that, the Buccaneers, another one's example. It's like when someone has the ball or somebody catches a pass and there's no one in coverage, suddenly two or three guys are on within like two steps. The Chiefs have to be some of the slowest on defense I've ever seen. Well, and this is another thing that kills us against the Bengals. It's like, okay, soft little route found in soft coverage by like Boyd. He's got no one around him for five yards. Guess what? He's going to turn up field and now run for another like five or six yards more versus now that we have Drew Tranquil and Mike Edwards, that middle of the field might be like, okay, no one's around him. Okay, he's going to fall forward for like two more yards because those dudes are on him in a second. That's that's a really good point because last year we saw a lot of hot and cold chiefs defense like sneed sneed was that guy a couple of years ago where he was a ball hawk and he was all over the field and we're like oh man sneed's gonna be the next you know whatever but then he had injuries and like he it took a little while for him to come back this year and and like mike like oh, sorry not mike bolton uh, nick bolton like tackles well but nick really freezes like when when guys come to him he's not swarming to the guy he's waiting for the guy where you're right i think you bring up a good point where like edwards and tranquil really suck up that middle of the field for the counterattack to you know burrow just slant 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 mm-hmm. um i think yeah i'm, I'm really excited and, and, and i think brett veach made some incredible moves this week because they're cheap he made cheap moves but made but really plugged in places that the Chiefs needed and like guys that do really well. So great, great pickups. All right, Reese, uh, why don't we go into the beer review? I was going to talk some uh, Byron, uh, Byron Coward, but um, why don't, why don't we save that for another day? But just so, you know, if you're watching this or you, you only listen to us for Chiefs news, um, the Kansas City Chiefs take 26 year old defensive tackle from Indy, uh, Byron Cowart. So I'm pretty excited about that, but we'll talk about some more later next time. So how about instead, let's review a beer i got a beer from connecticut that's where i'm at right now so let's oh, uh, yeah let, let's see what happens stay tuned let's do it it's everyone's favorite time of the podcast that's right it's this week in craft beer the segment of the show where we talk about what's going on this week in craft beer as well as review a delicious craft beer for your listening pleasure now, this week, Armando, you know I love me a good list. And I also love the fact that spring is here. How's, how's the weather in Connecticut in this time of year, by the way? Very up and down. Sometimes it's like really yeah. nice in the 50s, but like in the evenings, it's pretty cold in the 20s or a little rain, but a couple nice days of sun. But yeah, pretty up and down right now. Dude, right on. Well, so I have a list for us today. And the list oh, is lists. craft beer experts name the most underrated beers to drink this spring. Ooh, this is great. I'm excited. So number one, number one on this list, Phil Markowski, brewmaster at Two Roads Brewing in, Sta- in Stratford, Connecticut, says 
Tregs Treganator. Have you reviewed a Tregs beer? T R Umlaut O E G S? No, I don't even know where that is. Man, I I know I've heard of this. Uh, I've heard of Tregs before, but I, I can't remember why. Interesting. So he said. When asked about the most underrated beer, my mind immediately jumps to the most underrated brewery. For me, that would have to be Treggs. It's not even their beers aren't given any claims. It's just there's so much innovation happening in the space right now. That's really cool. So, Treggs Treggenator. Keep an eye out for it. 12 bucks for a six-pack. Not a bad price. From Hershey. Next up. What was that? From Hershey, Pennsylvania. From Hershey, Pennsylvania, baby. All right. So, next up. From... The head brewer at Bootstrap Brewing, Bootstrap Brewing in Longmount, Colorado, we have Hogshead Chin Wag English Style Bitter. Ooh, Looks and from good. wait, what was the beer from Longmont? Uh, it was uh, the head brewer at Boot, Bootstrap Brewing bootstrap. in Longmont, Colorado. I've had Bootstrap. So hogs hogshead chinwag ESB that's I've actually seen, in Denver. I've seen it hogshead. Says. Yep, I, I never had their beer, but I've seen it around. Dude, what's it like having a billion great breweries where you live? <laughs> dude, come, dude, come visit again, man. Because when so ladies, gentlemen, Reese visited. We were in Colorado Springs, and like Colorado Springs has some good breweries. But now I'm like 20 minutes away from Fort Collins. Ugh, mm. it's crazy, dude, baby. I'm there. I'm there. All right, next up. Oh my gosh! First controversial pick of the uh-oh, list. Oh, oh, here from we go. Jo- I'm doxing this dude from George Hummel, Grandmaster at my local Brewworks in Philadelphia. Anchor Steam beer, dude. Anchor Steam sucks. <laughs> Wait, did we Spotted review Anchor Cow- Steam? <laughs> no, but if Spotted Cow had a rival, it would 100% be Anchor Steam. Everyone, everyone in San Francisco is like, oh, dude, Anchor Steam's so oh, good. It's yeah, wait, actually, I, I know he doesn't listen to the podcast, but Cold, Soul, Cold Stone Chief, Chief Austin, this was the first place he told me to go. Yeah, okay, guess what? Well, just don't get an Anchor Steam, dude, because it's like the most disappointing beer of all time, period. I'm no, also looking most, at most. their photos, and their, their kettles look pretty gross. I bet. It's I mean, called steam ale because there's just like an ex, like some exhaust steam just like blows right into the brew kettle and gives it this flavor. No, that like it, it looks like copper, but I think it's just rust. <laughs> Dude, what's that? What's that brewing that uh, uh, Skip told us about? Like the open fermentation? Oh, um, uh, spontaneous. Spontaneous fermentation. Yeah, there you go. They just do the same thing here. They have like the company like gym showers just like blow steam into their brew kettles. And that's how you make Hanker Steam Ale. Yeah, dude, musty is not an off flavor. Dude, oh yeah. Notes of caramel, slight wafts of sulfur and butterscotch. Get out of here. Be gone. Wait, do they really? That is not on their website, sulfur. Tasting notes. Notes of caramel, slight wafts of sulfur You're and kidding. butterscotch. Wait, where are you reading this? I'm reading this from the list. They put that as a flavor notes of sulfur. I mean, I get some beers like Pilsner being like you get kind of like a sulfury nose on it, but like uh, I don't, don't want to taste it. I didn't it. know that was a flavor that people taste. That's disgusting. And even if it is, you keep it to yourself. You know. Uh, anyway, oh, I'm I, back I, on track. I'm almost positive if you if you taste sulfur, that is like a common off flavor that is not supposed to be in beer. 
Or it tastes like, you know, Ted from Distribution using the team showers upstairs. Alright, Brian Donaldson, Brewing Innovation Manager at Lagunitas Brewing Company nice. in Petaluma, California recommends Fremont Lush IPA. Ooh, from Fremont Brewing? Yeah, man. Dude, Fremont is good. great. I, I don't get, I think we get one Fremont beer. It's called Lunch Beer um, in Denver. But yeah, if, if, okay. if you can get your hands on it uh, at your liquor store, what's that store called again? Pairing. So pairing's great also yeah, if, you, check if, out you get, up north. if you get the pairing man I, yeah you gotta grab one all right so i like that i like that okay next up from josh bartlett founder of learning to homebrew in tuscaloosa alabama <laughs> we have monkey knot straight to ale ipa hmm monkey knot is the brew the brewery yeah i've never heard of monkey knot monkey. it's a mo it's like astronaut but monkey instead of astro oh, okay yeah, so I got to give him the can art's interesting. It kind of reminds me of a uh, 8-bit pale ale from Free, uh, not Free State, uh, Tallgrass Brewing Co. Yeah, Wichita. yeah, I'm looking at the can art right now. Dude, speaking of, I need some Tallgrass. I need some 8-bit pale ale. I need some Buffalo Sweat. Oh my gosh, yeah, good stuff. Mess me up. All right, anything about Monkey Knot? Otherwise, I keep moving on. No. Nah. All right, from Garth E. Byer, certified Cicerone and owner and founder of Garth's Brew Bar in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, shoot. I'm going to check that out with my sister this summer. She actually Ooh. recommended Garth's Brew Bar. She lives in Madison now. Nice. She's a doctor of palliative care, UW-Madison. Hey. Cool person. Anyway, Garth recommends Blackstack Fugazi Pilsner. Ooh. Baby. Don't know that. 12 pack for, for sorry, 12 bucks for a four pack of Tall Boys. Oh, it's an Italian pilsner, though. Gross. Uh, dude, I'm just not big on those Italian pills. I, I mean, if I like it's Peroni, you. that's fine. Yeah, th- that's true. Wait, was Peroni... Where, where's that where we went to in uh, Colorado Springs? No, that was Colorado Springs Brewing Company or something, wasn't it? Wait, for what? Remember we uh, we, we tied off our, our night at that, like, not mall place on the Main Street Drag that had, like, the brewery, and there was, like, a stand-up comedy show going on. What? And they had... Yeah, can you you remember this? I'm not crazy. Uh, so there was like a burger like we joint. saw a stand up comedy guy. No, it, it was like it was sort of uh, how did how do I want to describe it? It was like an indoor sort of like oh, Trails End. Or no, no, that was the bike place. No, it was after Trails End. Uh, so there was a brewery in there. I think there was like a restaurant in there. Oh, Kawadi. Co- maybe it was Kawadi. Yep, and, and we yep, that was Pikes Peak Brewery. Yep. Oh, okay, it was Pikes Peak Brewery. Oh yeah, okay, no, they, we they were having like um, Colorado Springs history trivia. Colorado Springs, the spring is named after a coiled piece of metal used for suspension, or the bubbling waters that run through our mountains. Also, off flavors for the following <laughs> beer: Shout out, Steam. Shout out Sulfur Springs. Glimmer glasses go. <laughs> Oh, okay. So anyway, I'm just not huge on Italian pilsners. They're yeah, same. They're, they're, I'm sure there's a time and a place, but it's like don't call it a pilsner. I wish, that, I wish it was called like an Italian ale. If it was yeah, called like an Italian s- ale, I'd be all over that. But like summer in Rome, fine. You know, if I'm an Italian place and it's lunch and I'm gonna have a beer, I have a peroni. But I know what my what my pilsners to be. All right, here we go. Kyle Warren, lead brewer at Exhibit A Brewing Company in Framingham, Massachusetts, recommends. Treehouse Old Man English Style Bitter. 
Ooh. There you I go. Mean, another ES. Wait, what are these under? It's called underrated beers. Yep. Uh, underrated beers to drink this spring. There's no underrated beers at Treehouse. But I mean, so in his defense, let's see what he says. He might say the fact that their IPAs are so good, people overlook their ESBs because there's uh, two ESBs on this list now. And ESBs okay. are not very common. Uh, so old man from Treehouse Brewing Company. When I head over to one of the East Coast's most popular breweries known for doing their part in the haze craze that we all know and exist in. I tend not to order an IPA or a double IPA or something with a theoretical equivalent of 20 pounds of hops per barrel. Instead, I always start with the pour of their ESB, old man. So an ESB is like single wide. Remember that? Okay. Same yep. style thing, but probably better. Um, on the nose, aromatic English hops are backed by a toasty, bready, rich malt forward bouquet with no hints of sulfur to be found. All right. How many more of these bad boys we got? We got a few more. We're coming towards the end, I promise. All right, uh, let's do it. Next up, Joe Mashburn, head brewer of Night Shift Brewing in Boston, recommends Marsbrow AU Keller beer. Interesting. Oh, I like Kellers. Yeah, Keller beer. Marsbrow sounds German. Boulevard did a really good Keller beer when I was there. It was like the crispiest, lightest, most crushable thing I've ever had in my life. I was going to say, Keller's like even, yeah, Keller is just all light, lighter than Bud Light. Yeah, dude. There ain't no light in the cellar, but there is light if you drink a Keller. Mm. Okay, get out of here. Okay, second F take on this list, but for different reasons. So Daniel Gadala Maria, head brewer at Finback Brewery in Brooklyn, New York, recommends Sierra Nevada Torpedo IPA. Who's oh, come under, on. Who's Everyone's underrating Torpedo? <laughs> come on. Maybe it's this because is, they have too much hazy little thing. This is so lazy. This is like, you know, an underrated superhero film is actually Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, no, no one's underrating Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, dude. Lazy take. 11 bucks for a six pack? Come on, bro. Come on, dude. But that was a generation that defined what a West Coast IPA was. This is like a sentence. I, I think he probably had his like executive assistant. Told <laughs> All right. Next up. Jeremy Marshall, brewmaster at Lagunitas Brewing Company in Petaluma, California, says Moonlight Death and Taxes Black Lager. Hmm. Okay, so you know what's really interesting? If you didn't have a beer to review tonight, I actually have a black lager sitting in my fridge I was going to review. Oh, really? So I will be curious to see what Save this for next says. week. All right, and that is the last one on the list. Those are underrated beers to drink this summer as well as torpedo ipa and anchor steam ale <laughs> all right I mean, armando just have your local just everyone wherever you are just have your local beer you have great local beers around now yeah drink your local beer and if you don't have local beer find local beer make your own be a, brew, be a uh what do they call those a home brewer but just don't tell home everybody brewer. about it you know so you Bath know a beer a vegan, a CrossFitter, and a homebrewer walk into a bar, and everybody immediately knows. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Armando. All right, let's do it. Floor is yours, my friend. What beer do you have to review for us tonight? So last time I was in Connecticut, I, I reviewed um, the same brewery, um, but a different beer this time, because it was during October. Last time I did a beer review here was for Oktoberfest. Mm -hmm. um, so I did Gray Sales oktoberfest beer but now i'm gonna do graysale brewings poor judgment and mm. pours p-o-u-r 
All right. And Poor Judgment is an IPA from Rhode Island. Oh, baby. Rhode Island, we reviewed a Rhode Island beer on this. No, we, we did. You said you did one of their beers already. So. Yeah. So um, so this is from Westerly. And Westerly is, I'm in like North Connecticut. So I'm only 10 minutes away from Westerly, Rhode Island. So it's basically kind of in the same place. Dude, does Connecticut feel rich? I've always been told Connecticut yes. feels rich. Oh, Very, uh, I the Where I'm staying right now, I live six minutes away from Taylor Swift's home. Which one? Uh, the one that she wrote last American greatest American story or something. Jeez. There's an actual song that she wrote about the house and I've been on that beach like in her backyard. It's been great. I've never seen her though. Really? Dude. I did see a guy leave her house one time though. And Uh a friend of mine that like is a Taylor Swift crazy fan um, was like, oh, it could be her boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And it definitely looked like that guy. So I may have seen her boyfriend leave the garage. Dude, keep tabs on that, dude, because he's going to have a breakup song written about him before you know it. Nice. It's okay. We'll right. just shake it off. Well, Armando, oh, gosh, you almost slipped that one past me. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Points for you. Okay. I'm becoming Reese. Dude, he is. He's becoming. Anyway, so poor judgment. Pour that. Give us some judgment. There we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we, we judge our beers with five categories on this show. We have appearance, aroma, flavor, mouthfeel, and aftertaste. And after each category, Armando is going to give it a rating from one to ten. So Armando, category number one. Oh my gosh, with the freaking eight ounce line of that pint glass, I don't know if you can tell it's right on that eight ounce line, or at least it was. Oh really? Let's change it now. So appearance on that beer. Nice. Okay, uh, appearance of this beer. So this is just, it, I think it's just a West Coast. I don't see anything that says double hazy or anything, just IPA. Um, but this looks hazy. It does. <laughs> so maybe I'm wrong. I, I mean, it should say East Coast or, well, I guess it doesn't have to say East Coast or West Coast now that I think of it. We just always do it in Colorado. Um, so I, I, I'm just going to assume this is a hazy IPA because it is incredibly cloudy nice nice golden yellow and sometimes without the light it's golden brown very thick you can kind of see on the bottom but not on the top great head retention if you can see right there oh yeah um i checked the date on it it's like just can so i'm really Mm. excited um again i don't really know what the style is i didn't do like so much research but if it's a hazy how about uh 8.7 all right beautiful beer beautiful pour next up is aroma maybe this will be kind of a nasal gateway into what this beer style is Mm. yeah i'm gonna assume that it's a hazy now because i'm getting a lot of grapefruit but at the same time you know how like a west coast ipa um not that it has like a dank malty smell but there is a lot more malt in it um, mm-hmm. that you can sniff as opposed to a hazy IPA. So yeah, I'm kind of getting some of that West Coast malt. Okay. But at the okay. same time, like I'm getting a ton of that like sweet grapefruit, not so much vanilla that I'll get sometimes on hazies. Um, Righteous. Yeah, I like the smell. It's pretty nice. How about uh, 8.5? All right. This thing's coming out the gate, shooting pretty good eights. All right. Then category number three, the best category is flavor. Close your Close your eyes and let your mind's eye help you discover the location of this beer. Maybe it's even the fourth dimension. Hey, so Maurice is back. Yeah, I am. This this is such a crispy boy. 
if you if, if if you like what you hear you can donate on patreon and we can do more of that if you don't like it then just comment on <laughs> apple and leave, leave a review so we can have reviews as well yeah dude patreon.com backslash asmr you know what's actually, funny before i before i drink this oh wait say what you're saying no say so actually don't do that like you're probably gonna wind up on some really weird patreon page if you do that so <laughs> Um, I, I'm reading the uh, untapped on this and it also doesn't say whether it's a West Coast or a hazy so I guess I'll just I'll make a poor judgment yeah it's it's a, a new popular brand uh, northern northern Midwest IPA yeah this is strange it's um, so I mean of course you can have you know citrus notes on on a West Coast IPA but like this is like very citrusy but doesn't have the full finish I guess we'll go into those categories later um but it it, it I don't know it's like it wants to be a hazy but this is definitely a West Coast IPA because it's it's very dank and it's very it's very bitter uh, not what I smelled at all I mean I kind of yeah. like I said I kind of hinted on that malt but yeah um, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the um hops right now so we have the simple ones the cascade the simcoe and the eureka hop which actually eureka i don't know if that is a is a simple hop but i've seen eureka a couple of times the outlier is ctz which i do not know what that is oh so a, uh, is that a experimental hop or is that just a acronym i think it's an i think it's a a southern hemisphere hop i've heard of it before but i can't remember what we used it for ctz hop i'm looking right now Let's see oh stands yeah. for columbus tomahawk and zeus mm-hmm. so it's yeah it's a there you go a descendant of nugget so that mm. means it's actually it's actually probably a west coast hop that i'm, I'm yeah. totally wrong i can't remember what we used it in huh ctz hops have earthy and spicy characteristics that make it ideal for a bittering hop yep it's definitely bitter um i wonder if i wonder when it was discovered because this must have been some like experimental five four three two one because like this is very bitter this is you know not your standard west coast ip but i think this the ctz kind of gives it another kick to it let me do one more before i rate it yeah, looking it up too, I didn't know anything about this. The the Eureka hop is also very dank and resinous with fruity notes. So that would tick off the West Coast tasting you're getting as well as that great fruity oh. smell on the nose. Yep. Yeah, and it's like super citrusy as well, which is funny. Uh, I don't know if I like I don't this is very dank and I, it's more so in the aftertaste, which I guess I'll explain, but it really does affect the flavor on the onset. So um but again, it's it's good for the style. This is very preferential. It's not that like it's a bad mix it's just mm-hmm. i don't know like i i like i like a smoother west coast and if it's gonna be this dank then it better be a double west coast you know i gotcha uh, but it's not so how about a 7.6 all right seven six on flavor and that brings us to category number four which is mouthfeel what's this dank boy like in your mouth yeah so with with the citrus flavor i would love for it to have more of a round finish and a heavier finish um, but it does not it's it's a it's a little lighter finish um which complements the bitterness i think i really like you know if something's going to be bitter it should be a little lighter in flavor and texture mm-hmm. um so the so the texture is very light it's just like man that's super citrusy and like just shouldn't taste like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> at okay. least for at least for my preference um and again like 
what brewers have to do to get the, the right ratio, I'm sure it's, you know, so much science, but I, I can taste the difference. So how about, uh, how about a 7.5 on mouthfeel? All right. And then the fifth and final category is going to be aftertaste. This is going to be um, interesting. Penultimate. Because we still have our outlier category. It's, it's secret. You can't tell. Oh, otherwise. sorry. It's sorry, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> gross. <laughs> uh, aftertaste. Okay, this is like, this is not going to be good. I just like, it does not taste anything what it is on the front end. On the back end, it's just like... It's like you're just throwing pine needles or just throwing like, uh, what do I want to say? I don't know. Whatever's earthy and whatever is pine piney. cones. Yeah. You're just throwing pine cones like in the back of my throat. Wow. Yeah. It's like, it's super piney and I, I'm like, I'm fascinated actually because I haven't had very many like super piney beers. This just reminds me of the, uh, of the Hemperer from New Belgium. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where they just go like straight dank, and it's just like any dank hop. This is just incredibly dank. Um, yeah, but not you know not my preference. It's a good beer. It's not it's not a bad beer. It's just not what I thought it was going to be. Um, so how about a straight seven? Okay, very interesting. I mean, like Hemper, like you kind of mentioned, that was brewed with bong water, wasn't it? Like quite almost literally. <laughs> yeah, like if if you got pulled over in Colorado after a Hemper, like you're you're done. Oh yeah, <laughs> like straight straight to federal prison because like you smell like alcohol and you smell like weed. You come come to Leavenworth party with Found City Sports Media and uh, Chief Chief Saholic, dude. <laughs> he's no, he's in Mexico right. now. Who knows where that guy is? Oh my god, dude, there's there is a a one million dollar bond out for Chief Saholic. Wow, dude, I wonder who's gonna catch him and we'll find him. Dude, dog 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 the bounty hunter is like going wild right now in, is he in really? Independence, Missouri. No. I don't. Oh. They, oh, that'd be great if they did an episode and they found him I'm like, at like at, 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 at like a Chuck E. Cheese, one of those Chuck E. Cheese like robots, and he <laughs> yeah. he like comes out, he's playing the drums. Dude, who knew Munchie was Chiefsaholic the whole time? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so then the sixth and hidden category is Stonk's Drinkability Quotient. This would be a really interesting one for you, given the grades and the description you gave of this beer. So Armando, freestyle on this and tell me how this beer makes you feel. Yeah, this one's tough because I, I really like Graysale uh, and I really love, you know, the beers out here in Connecticut. There's there's a lot of great beer um, and Westerly is a wonderful place. Again, like we just talked about, it's like five minutes away from Taylor Swift's home. Uh, really nice vibes. Like, like I would, you know, I drink this on the beach. If, if the weather was nice enough, this would be a nice port upon the beach. Like if I knew what, what I was getting myself into, I just didn't know what I was getting myself into and it just didn't meet my expectations. But Hey, if I wanted something dank on the, you know, on the pier and you know, 3 PM getting ready for dinner, having a couple of, you know, dank IPAs before dinner, I think that'd be fun. Um, and yeah, I just, I love this way. I love coming back here to do gigs. It's, it's a really a hidden gem here in North Connecticut, a pretty, it's a fun gig, really low pressure. Um, so I like that, that gives it some sentimental value for grayscales, poor judgment. Um, so juxtapose that with the flavor. How about I give uh, BDQ a, an 8.1. Dude. Very nice. Very nice. 8.1. Oh, wait, we don't call it BDQ anymore, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, too late, it's in print, and I'm not taking it throwback. out. Throwback. Oh, it got you sneaking. <laughs> Is that you or Chiefsaholic? No, dude. 
Yeah, if, if you hear me whisper with like panic in my voice, it's not ASMR. It's the Chiefsaholic called me hostage. <laughs> Dude, what so. if is we we have to do a deep dive on on our mystery guest? I can't say who, but also Chiefsaholic. What if, what if we do like two investigative journalism like deep dives? You ever seen him in the same place at the same time? Ah! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back from a beer review by myself. Poor judgment from Grace Grace Sale Brewing. Is Grayscale? Is that a, a thing? A Grayscale? Grayscale is it's essentially like fancy, more detailed black and white. It's a printer option uh, a lot of the time. That's why I keep saying it. I'm like, why do I keep saying Grayscale? It's an actual thing. Cool. Grayscale Brewing from Rhode Island. Uh, all right, Reese, let's finish up this podcast with some other uh, great um, not some great things, but some headlines in in the Kansas City Chiefs news this week. Uh, probably the most notable news is McCole Hardman goes to the Jets. Reese, I don't I don't have the numbers of the deal up, but I think just the fact that McCole goes to the Jets that could possibly have Aaron Rodgers any day now. Uh, what is your reaction to McCole leaving the Chiefs and how you feel about that? And then a potential pairing with Aaron Rodgers and you know, rounding out that cast of Garrett Wilson and uh, Brees Hall. Double-sided sword. So first I was, I'll just say I was a little surprised because I thought given the fact that he missed so much time last year and what was supposed to be, you know, his kind of emergence prove it season, I would have thought he would want to take one more victory lap in Kansas City. You know, would want to sign him to a nice team-friendly one-year deal just to keep him here because our wide receiver room is a little thin, but he knows the offense. So I was surprised that he decided to branch out and go to the Jets or that maybe we didn't offer him anything. Now, if he winds up playing with Aaron Rodgers at the Jets, and we've made a lot of McCole Hardman comparisons on here, I wanted to use him most like Debo, but I think you can go back and check the receipts and say that he needs to watch a lot of video of Randall Cobb. So if Aaron Rodgers can kind of like shoehorn him into that Randall Cobb role and be like, no, dude, this is how you're going to play and this is where I'm going to find you. Go make it happen. He has potential to do well in New York. Yeah, I I think it would have been nice to have see if we could have cut a deal with McColl because McColl would have solved this like mystery wide receiver one wide receiver two hole for the Kansas City Chiefs I don't think McColl would be wide receiver one on this team but like it, it would just be a solid like tier two wide receiver room in the Chiefs and I think we could have gotten by with MVS Sky Moore McColl and Kadarius Tony, um, especially with McColl like you said he had that breakout four touchdown game against the 49ers and it was incredible it was you know we were doing we were doing Debo on Debo you know what I mean like yeah. it was it was such a fun I was so excited for McColl and what this Chiefs team could have been with him in that role unfortunately with the injuries by the way that was his first injury in his career he's brought that up on Twitter a couple times because people are like oh he's injury prone and he's like I've only been injured once like give me a freaking <laughs> break so yeah. which is kind of it's it's funny and then he's also like if, if you haven't seen McColl Hardman's Twitter you should go on because he's before he got traded to the or before he signed with the Jets 
is very vocal about and very like self-conscious about his play. He he goes he went deep into how he could never be a wide receiver one on the Chiefs because you know Sammy Watkins was there, Terry Kill was there, Travis Kelsey was there, and then at uh, at the eleventh hour before he got signed with the with the Jets, he started putting film like he started like 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 he's a high school guy like trying to get recruited by Deion Sanders so that was like really desperate and kind of sad to watch McCall Harmon fall from grace like that but like you said he 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 gets he gets straight to the Jets and I think he can have a great role on that team I really like this Jets team and I've always liked this Jets team even with Zach Wilson on the team I will say I got my Zach Wilson take very 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 wrong although if he solves his yips when this year of Aaron Rodgers he could still be a good quarterback but that's another conversation for another day um, I don't know if with Aaron Rodgers the Jets are a McCall Hardman away from the championship but they definitely become competitive in that division and I think they they steal one from the Bills and could possibly steal the Bills in the playoffs you know so I, I take a little bit of offense with what McColl was saying about you know his whole I could never be a wide receiver one because these guys were here. I mean that's such like a post hoc fallacy that you know this couldn't happen because this was the case. Therefore, this didn't happen right. because this was the case. You can ne- you can never prove it, right? Yeah, and here's the thing: is we never brought him in saying you're going to be a wide receiver one. We brought him in and traded up because we needed someone who could be a potential Tyree Kill replacement because that's when those uh, cut audios the audios coming out. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we made. We brought him on as a security blanket more than anything else. If we wanted a wide receiver one, we could have gone for you know a bunch of different guys, as we've alluded to multiple different times. Uh, so the thing that people didn't like about McColl, he said, "Well, I've only been injured once." Yeah, but that's because you know you disappeared so often for like three, four games at a time that it <laughs> felt like you were injured, dude. It's like. <laughs> He was disappointing in the sense of he never had any serious development while he was a chief. And I would almost argue his best season was his rookie year because mm. after that point, you know, he was less apparent as a vertical threat or running routes. And he just became more and more of this gadget player type of dude. Uh, I mean, I never saw his route running improve. I never saw his hands improve. He seemed like a guy that whenever he passed his head in his way and it was dialed up, it was sort of like you were pleasantly surprised if he came down with the catch, you know? Yeah, and I don't know if it's more of a compliment or less of a compliment that I think his best year was this year, even though he was injured all the time. Like when he played, he played well, but you're right. It's almost like Andy Reid was like, man, you, we, we like gave you a chance to run routes. We gave you a chance to catch and you're not doing any of this stuff. You know, now I'm going to have to punt and now I'm going to, you know, have to redesign this playbook in order to get you to be productive. Fortunately, I, I think this was a blessing in disguise is, you know, because Reed really utilized the, you know, the jet sweep, the gadget plays, um, guys were able to plug right in because that was supposed to be McColl's role. Tony plugged right in. Sky Moore plugged right in. So like it worked hard advantage that's kind of an offshoot topic but um, but no you're right like he, he just never transpired and he had up op- that's a thing like like you said he had the opportunity to tra- it, it wasn't like it wasn't like Pat wasn't throwing to him like Pat mm-hmm. gave him a lot of them I remember some games where he dropped like three or four balls in the same game like it you know it's it's um 
it it's unfortunate what happened because like I, I was rooting for him. I, I remember in the beginning of the year I was like, this is this is gonna be his breakout season. And I was half mm-hmm. right, then he got injured. Uh, but no, I think I think he could be very productive on that Jets team. Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers is slowing down. Like I think he did show re- regression. But if he has a guy, if he if he has a guy in the flat, if he has a guy that, you know, McColl's his check down guy, um, that's not that's not a bad option. When you got Garrett Wilson going over the top, I forget who they signed as their they're tight end but like the you know Aaron has weapons and um and I don't think the Jets are done either I, I don't think we're going to get into on this podcast but you know uh Beckham Jr is still out there Hopkins is still out there if they have one more guy this may be Aaron Rodgers best team he's ever had I don't know yeah it's very possible like I said the, the biggest thing I want to watch is see if McColl's route running improves at all because I, I would describe his overall experience as a wide receiver in Kansas City not too dissimilar to how uh, MVS looked last year, where it was just hmm. like, okay, you obviously ran the route, but like you're not in the right place by like two yards because Pat just threw that like two yards behind you, you know, and ahead of you. It's like that's where you should be, not where you are, and that that just kind of sums up McCole Hardman's tenure here in Kansas City. So I wish him the best of luck. I think the Jets got a great gadget player who, you know, still has plenty of room to grow as an actual receiver. And if he does, you guys got yourself a heck of a dude. Yeah, totally. Uh, Reese, let's finish off the podcast. I actually don't have it in front of me. If you want to open up the uh, the Vegas odds or what Vegas thinks were our whimper, our win total is going to be, and we'll discuss that. Yeah, we won't we won't talk on this forever, but uh the Kansas City Chiefs are the Vegas odds favorite for the Super Bowl this year, and they had the highest uh total win projections at eleven and a half this year, Armando. That's the highest and, win projection. And uh that's tied with the Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Bengals? Okay, I guess I can see it because, you know, they've been good the last few years. But, like, the 49ers is interesting to me. Well, I think now, I mean, like, okay, the 49ers defense right now is the best. Like, they've they've already grown because they got a couple guys from the Eagles. Like, their defense got better this this offseason so that's intriguing um and they're really just banking on brock purdy although i heard today very fascinating uh so do not bet on the 49ers um uh, shanahan alluded to that brock purdy's not going to be ready so who's next in line was supposedly trey lance um but shanahan also said that he is not ready to play as well so who's third in line Sam Darnold might start the season for the 49ers. Well, I mean, Darnold. How's that for a hot take? He's a California kid, so maybe, you know, being back home, the sun's going to help. But, I mean, if he can make Sam Darnold play well. Greatest coach to ever live. Yeah, Shanahan's (laughs) coming for Andy Reid's title of quarterback quarterback whisper, I tell you what. I mean, Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, like he is. I mean, it's it's funny that, you know, Trey Trey Lance must be doing something really wrong. (laughs) Right. Okay, so then Kansas City Chiefs, Armando, are you taking the over or under at 11 and a half? I'm smashing the over on 11 and a half. I'm I'm surprised that that's the uh, that's the line. Well, I mean, because what was our record last year? 14 and three regular season. And that was a tough, like that was a tough year. Go back to all our, you know, ladies and gentlemen, go back to our podcast. Those were like, that was a tough season. And we were, we were 14 then. I think, I think we're smashing the over. I would say I'm not, I would say I'm not surprised. No, I would say that I am surprised that 11 and a half is the high. 
I'm not surprised that the Chiefs are at 11 and a half, but I am surprised that there's not one team above 11 and a half. You yeah, know? that's that's surprising because there's always like, you know, like, you know, the Eagles, right? You, you would think that the Eagles would be at 12 or 13 because people love their regular season stuff. But I don't know, at, at the, like the, the, we have really great opponents, but at the same time, it's like it's just the same that was last year. Like we're, we're playing the Eagles, we're playing the Bills, we're playing the Bengals. Yeah. That's, but that's about it. Eagles, just a fun fact, they took a step back with a 10.5 win total for this year. Interesting. They've lost a lot of pieces. I mean, they quietly have lost yeah. a lot of pieces. Yeah, they lost a lot of key people on defense, but I I really think that that offense is just going to roll in the regular season. I think like, like Jalen Hurts is finally hitting his stride. It's the regular season, and the Eagles play really well in the regular season. I, I think they're going to steamroll that NFC. Yeah, that's that's the kind of the six one half dozen the other here is that I do think the Eagles are running an offense currently where when teams now have an off season of tape on it, I think there's definitely ways to defend it and shut it mm. down. Not that stupid push play ambiguous <laughs> forward progress is never which, over, which is still legal. They they uh, had their they had their meeting in it. It's still legal. So, so I think they're gonna. Yeah, it's stupid. They, they run, either need to get play. rid. They either need to get rid of that rule or like call it dead immediately once the quarterback stops moving forward. Because otherwise, I mean, eventually the quarterback's going to fall forward. You know, if you just like let right. the play keep going. Anyway, but, I mean, Tom Tom Brady's been pushed into the end zone how many times? Very true. years before. So, Eagles' offense could be slowed down, but also, you know, the Eagles don't have much competition in the NFC, like you said. So. We'll see what happens. All right, dude. Well, that's it for us here in Kansas City, although I'm almost in Rhode Island. I'm in Connecticut right now. Um, great. We're going to have a lot of great content. We'll probably have Sam Kuyper Jr. on soon to talk about some more draft stuff because the draft's getting juicy. We got some people that have visit, visited Kansas City that uh, either are real or not. Maybe it's it's smokescreen season, Reese, so maybe we'll break some down with Mel, with Mel, with Sam. Sam Kuyper Jr. soon. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for some great content. We'll see you next week. Go Chiefs! We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes, and as always... I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.